One of the things that inspires me is to hear stories of women having an idea or seeing a real need for something and just going for it. Yes, they put in the work, hard work at that, but they don't give up. They push through the doubt. They ignore all the naysayers. They push away those feelings of imposter syndrome and they reach the other side, achieving incredible success. I love those stories. And today you're going to hear one of them. I not only want you to listen and enjoy my guest's story, but I also challenge you as you're listening, ask yourself, is there something that is pulling you? Something that you are wanting to do in your life, but you're not quite sure if it's a good idea or if you're going to be even good at it. So I want you to be inspired and I want you to think about how you can take lessons or ideas from this episode to create your own success. And if you're anything like me, the more I see or hear, whatever it is, whether that's inspirational stories of people going after their dreams or people that put in the hard work to achieve a goal, all of those things inspire me so much to take action. So I hope this episode does that for you. My guest today is Dory Stewart a franchise broker and CEO of The Franchising Spot. She is an entrepreneur who went from a high school STEM teacher to building a multi-million dollar global brand. Her business is to show others how to build an incredible opportunity by finding the perfect franchise match for them. She has received numerous awards, including the 2014 Bravo Award by Smart CEO Magazine and was listed as one of the most creative people in business 2016 by Fast Company Magazine. She has been featured on Fox News and CNN Money, as well as in Forbes, Kiplinger Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal. She has been called the teacher-turned-entrepreneur and has started her own podcast called She Turned Entrepreneur, where she interviews other female business owners and shares their inspiring stories about leaving their 9-to-5 jobs for a fulfilling entrepreneurial life. I'm so excited. Here's Dory. Welcome to You Can Do Amazing Things, the podcast to help you get out of your own way and accomplish more in your life. I'm Holly Roman, and together we're going to unlock what's holding you back from your next goal and get you into action to step into your greatness and have the success you've been dreaming of. If you're looking for a positive place each week to grow and learn, get inspired to take your next steps so you could feel more success, joy, and happiness, meet me here every Thursday. It'll be like our weekly chat. We'll drink our coffee or favorite drink together, and we'll definitely have some fun learning, growing, and accomplishing your next amazing thing. Let's do this. Dory, I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you for coming, and I'm so excited for our listeners to hear your story. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So if we could, I know more of your story because I've listened to your podcast and I I read about you and all, but please share to everybody your story and it's so inspiring. So I'll just let you start wherever you want to start. Sure. Well, my background is in education. I have uh, my undergrad degree is in elementary, middle math and science education, and my master's degree is in technology education. And so that led me to teach engineering at the high school level for 11 years. And during that time, I was the advisor of my high school's Technology Student Association. And for those who don't know what that is, it's an after-school club where I took my students all around the country to compete uh, nationally in competitions in engineering, technology, architecture, things like that. And throughout that time, I had my own children. And because 
it was a volunteer thing for teachers to do. I was spending a lot of time after school, weekends, um, summers, taking taking kids to these competitions. And so my own kids kind of grew up with my high school kids because I was carting them around with me everywhere after school. I'd go pick them up and come back to the school and uh, they would watch what my high school students were doing. One summer, I had an opportunity to take my students to Orlando, Florida for a national competition. And since it was over the summer, I decided that my kids would never forgive me, <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> take them with me to Disney World. Oh my God. And so I decided to make a family trip out of it. And I thought that during that week that my kids would be complaining and whining that they wanted to go to Disney. Of course, I, I carved out a Disney day. But to my surprise, every every morning they woke up asking what competitions are today. And, you know, they had seen the progress that my students were making because they were there after school every day and they would watch what they were doing. They were just as excited to watch the competitions and one day, my son was actually upset that he didn't get to compete too. <laughs> wow. And so that prompted me to start looking at what was being taught in the elementary schools. Now, they were about five and seven at, the, at that time. At the elementary level, and now this was back in 2008, engineering wasn't taught in the schools. And the only students that were introduced to engineering were the kids who were in the gifted and talented programs. And so I decided to look further into that. One day I got a flyer home in my son's backpack and it, the PTA was doing a fundraiser and they were asking parents if they could volunteer to teach an after school program, if they had any hobbies or a business. And so I decided to take what my high school students were doing and change it up to make it developmentally appropriate for the elementary age kids. And I taught a civil engineering class. It filled up. The, the kids had a blast. The, um, the parents were asking what else I had to offer. The principal asked me to come back. I, at that time, I also was struggling to get girls into my high school program. By being an advisor of a club that got to travel all over, that helped a lot to recruit girls into my, into my classes. And a lot of them had said to me, I wish I knew about this sooner. I feel like I kind of, miss the boat on taking the right classes to get into good engineering colleges. That combined with the experience I had teaching that after-school program prompted me to make a business out of it. So I started a, a business called Engineering for Kids, and I, I grew it over the next school year. My, uh, my programs were filling up. The, the counties nearby, because I was teaching through the county um, parks and recreation facilities, the counties next to my county were finding out about it, and they were asking me to teach programs. I ended up quitting my teaching job. I added more programs. I started teaching programs to kids ages 4 to 14, I added all the fields of engineering, added robotics, programming, we did game design, and it became a real wow. business. And I quit my teaching job and started running it full time at that point. That is incredible. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. And I even wrote this down because I want to go back to this because you sure. you explained that story and you said, well, I just decided to make a business out of it. That statement <laughs> is like, wait, what? How did you know how to do that? And so I would love for you to just take that piece because you made that sound so easy. <laughs> and I, I, and maybe it was easy for you. And I think that's really cool. How did you make that first step? What did you start with? And then how did it grow? And then where, how did you, you know, make it 
the business because that's sure. a big blossoming flower, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I just jumped right through that. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so that first program I taught was civil engineering. That took off. And when parents were asking me, what else do you have to offer? I started looking at the different fields of engineering. And that's how I structured the courses that I taught at the high school. So I kind of had that experience of going through the different fields of engineering with my high school students. And so I really just changed it up to make it work for elementary age kids. And I focused on the different fields of engineering. After that after school program, I started offering summer camps. It was a great way. At the time, I thought, okay, this is just going to be, you know, a side hustle, something I can do with my kids over the summer. And so I taught you know, an aerospace engineering camp, a chemical engineering. I did civil engineering, electrical engineering. I started out with the camps. And now this now we're in 2009. You remember the Great Recession yeah. <laughs> of 2009. And so I really just thought, I'm just, this is just something fun I'm going to do over the summer. I probably won't get very many kids. If I get 15 kids, I'll be excited because I really felt strongly that elementary kids needed this. You know, I, I I've just kind of felt like this is something that I have to do because the kids need it. I ended up getting 50 kids in my first camp wow. and I had to keep adding more teachers to help me out. And I kept adding more weeks to accommodate. So then I started thinking about, okay, I just made half of my teacher's income in one summer. Looking at the math, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> This is this is big. I ended up paying more money in hourly rental fees to rent out a classroom in one week than it would be to have my own space for an entire month. I took that next school year. I didn't quit my job right away. I, I spent a year building it and I ended up renting my own space. I had my own learning center because it was costing me the same for an entire month as it was paying these hourly fees to rent these classrooms. And so the math made sense hmm. at that point. And as a teacher, I didn't have a business degree, but I also, this is maybe a little personal, but I was in a bad marriage at the time. And my husband often reminded me that my profession wasn't important and I didn't make enough money. And you know, he made five times more than I did and reminded me of that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I always, you know, in that marriage, I felt very financially inadequate. I'm, we're, we're divorced now, <laughs> but I can almost thank him in a way because it, it was a, definitely a motivator. Okay. And I thought, you know, this is a way for me to support me and my kids and then I can leave. <laughs> and that's what I did. You know, I, I, I ended up, you know, making enough money to replace my teacher's income and then some, and then I got divorced. <laughs> Incredible. Wow. But, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's, it's not that we go for the divorce for a motivator, but that it was your, your motivator and driver at that point. And, you know, silver linings, I guess. Right. Yeah. It yeah. kind of kicked me in the butt a little bit to, you know, to take it from a side hustle to a full time business and to grow it even further. And, you know, had I been comfortable in the marriage and comfortable financially as a teacher, you know, maybe I wouldn't have built it. Maybe I would have kept teaching and maybe it would have been just kind of a hobby, but I had a real financial need there to grow it into something big. And I ultimately franchised 
the business and grew it to 165 locations in 35 countries. And so I grew it, you know, into a multi seven figure business. That is just incredible. Like I was trying to hold my tongue till you're done with your sentence. because I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so cool, Dory. That is in, an insane amount of success. And I, I said this before, but congratulations on that for sure. Thank you. I, um, <laughs> you've got to feel so good. So good about that. What I really liked what you said, I'm just going to take you back when you said you started to do camps. Mm-hmm. And I think that we really can use that in any side hustle. If, if we're talking about something that we're really passionate about and we have a lot of knowledge about, and it was almost like a, like a beta for you, like a beta test to see what kind of interest will I get? What kind of things, you know, what kind of things will that happen from this? And that was such a smart way to do it. And it fits so well, obviously in your niche, just to take that idea and really put it out there. You were in a spot where it was motivating and to put yourself in a, in a comfortable position and look how much we grow out of that, right? Out of that uncomfortableness and you yeah. just took it. That's inspiring. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it definitely was a, a test, you know, to make sure that it worked. And, you know, I had people say to me, how come there are so many kids in your camp when, you know, we can't get registrations in basketball camp or soccer camp? And, you know, what I was teaching, parents felt like they were spending their money wisely. Yes. So interesting right now, um, our daughter is going, well, we have one in college and one going to uh, college soon. And we talk about, you know, engineering for women. That's, it would be such an amazing field. I don't know if she wants to do it yet, but certainly to talk about it. And I don't think there's a lot offered at school. I wish we had it around here. I don't think we do. So maybe we need a franchise here, Dory. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I I feel like the the earlier kids are introduced to engineering, the better, because, you know, they're learning math and science in school and, you know, the applied math and science is engineering and it's a lot of fun. And especially for girls, we think differently and women like the careers that pull at their heartstrings. And if you look at all of the good that engineering does to help people, I think that women make fantastic engineers. Tell people a little bit if you went into engineering as someone who might be curious about it I just I'm curious too what mm-hmm. give them an idea of some jobs when you say it's it can be so exciting that would be interesting to hear sure well I think that um, some of the the areas of engineering that appeal to women are are biomedical things that save lives creation of prosthetics um, I mean just the the intersection of the medical field and engineering is just fascinating Wow um, so there's a there's a lot of opportunity and you know within each field of engineering um, you know there's different things that that help people but I mean mm-hmm. if you think about everything that we use and everything that makes our lives better created by engineers yeah that's super exciting so as you're on this journey, And even in life, you're a teacher and you're a mom and you're in a marriage that might be, you know, having issues, not, not saying that's normal. I'm just saying that's just life. And we have all issues somewhere and, and it's a lot, it's a lot on our plate. And how do you deal with all of that? And what did you need to do to just kind of keep you strong, keep you motivated, help with that confidence as you, you started this, this, that takes a lot, even mental strength, just all of that. Right. Yeah, I think two things. One is being reminded of your passion and two, being reminded of your why. 
And for me, my why was my kids and creating a better life for us. So that, that was a huge motivator. I woke up every single day thinking, how can I make our lives better? And then the passion. When I first started engineering for kids, seeing the magic with elementary age kids that I also saw with my high school kids was a great surprise for me because I didn't know initially. I mean, I had tested it on my own kids and they loved it, but they're my kids, right? (laughs) (laughs) But when I taught that first after school program and I saw the magic, I saw the kids problem solving and creating and getting excited about engineering. And, you know, I'm teaching them these engineering concepts and, and they're grasping it and they're talking about it and they're, they're loving it. I knew that that magic could be replicated and I knew that all kids needed that experience. And I felt very strong in that conviction that all kids need this. That in combination with my why of making a better life for me and my kids, those two things together is what kept me going during those really long, really hard days in the beginning because it wasn't easy. It was a lot of work, um, a lot of getting up at 4 a.m. to get as much work as I could get done as possible before the kids woke up. That's that's really what my motivation was. Wow. Those are big ones. And I think remembering that why, I, I, I always used to talk about that a lot. It is a driver. It really is. And some people think, oh, I don't need to think about that. But that's that's what keeps you going when you don't want to do anything. You don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. It's yeah. Huge. So now you've sold that business, right? And now you're CEO of Franchising Spot. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about how that was, how that transition was and how it's going? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So about a year ago, I sold engineering for kids to an ed tech firm who has other education brands under their belt. I uh, felt like I couldn't um, on my own by myself grow engineering for kids anymore. I had grown it you know, as far as I could take it. So now a larger company is now uh, running engineering for kids. And so because I have, you know, 15 years experience in franchising, I am now helping women get through what I wish I had help with (laughs) when I first started franchising, because I don't have a business degree. When I started franchising, it's it's a big industry. There's a lot of legal um, hoops to jump through. There's a lot to learn. And so now I help people find franchise companies and I coach them through the process. There's you know thousands of, of franchises out there and a lot of people don't know what is available to them and what is a good fit for them. And a lot of people make mistakes and they think that they want to go into a specific industry and it, they might not realize that what they're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis is different than what they think. And so I help people through that process. You know, I think that is so helpful because I was reading about that. And in I think it was one of your blog posts, I was reading that you said one of your pieces of advice was to get a job at one of these places mm-hmm. where you might want to buy this franchise because it's going to give you that totally different you know, you think, oh, that would be so amazing. I would love to be have, you know, I love to have mm-hmm. this, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And that is amazing advice. What other advice would you say if, if I, I just gave your, your blog post? Out, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that's huge. I had a client who wanted to get into senior care and it's a wonderful industry. It's a growing industry. People are using home health 
companies more than ever because of the pandemic. So people don't want to send their mom into a nursing home. They want to keep them home. And so that industry is booming right now. I was working with a client who wanted to go into that. And once we started really getting down to the nitty gritty of what you would be doing, you're basically an HR director. 24 seven, all you're doing is working with your CNAs. And that's what you're going to be spending all your time doing. It may seem like you're doing something different than what you're actually going to be doing on a day to day basis. That is something that I work through. I also give my clients an assessment. So I have them fill out this, you know, it's like a 20 minute quiz. And what it tells me is It gives me insight into how risk averse they are, as an example. So are they someone who likes to get in on the ground floor of a company or are they the type of person that wants to work with a tried and true business that's been around for a long time, has systems in place? And so that helps me determine which franchise companies to introduce them to. A brand new company that's, you know, excited, you want to get in on the ground floor and, you know, be a, a pioneer and one of the first franchisees. That's not for everyone. You know, um, but someone who wants something very steady and stable that's been around for a long time, then I'll match them with with those types of companies. So, wow, that sounds so helpful. It really does because it's not intuitive when you talked about that the home health care example. It's not intuitive what you think you're going to be doing. So that's that's an absolute, really necessary what you're doing. So Dory, if I could ask you, if you were to give, say moms listening and they they really are looking for their next thing, right? They're really wanting to take their idea of, I really have this talent of teaching whatever it is. What Mm -hmm. advice would you give them? What steps would you tell them to take initially to just try to do something with that and to just go for it? Yeah. Well, one, just go for it, you know, and (laughs) don't think about the end result, you know, take small steps, uh, start small, start with teaching a class. Things are a lot different now than when I started Um, back in 2009. Everything was in person. Things are a lot different. And so people could, you know, teach something online to start off and see what kind of reception that they get. And I would say network with people. Talk to people who are doing what you want to do. And it doesn't have to be exactly what you want to do, but are in the same space and are where you want to be. You know, when I started my business, I talked to anyone (laughs) that would lend me their ear. The more people I talked to, the more prepared I was. Networking is is huge. I bet. I bet finding people that are willing to help. And there are so many, right? There are so many to just give back because for sure how just to try to make someone's life easier. And then, you know, you paved the path for so many and that's so amazing. And, and now tell us what you're doing now. I, I know what you're doing now, but tell us what you're doing now, because I do think this is, is really part of an effort of giving back and educating women. And it's, it's really inspiring. Yeah, well, so I started a podcast called She Turned Entrepreneur. And so I uh, was written about in a few publications and I was kind of coined the teacher turned entrepreneur. So that's where the name came from. I interview women who went from some, you know, nine to five to entrepreneur. And, you know, the goal is to share the stories of women. And I think that we think 
that the successful entrepreneurs that we see have had this wonderful path to get to where they are. And that's just not honest. And so I like to share the story, the real stories mm. of how people went from that nine to five corporate job to becoming an entrepreneur in hopes to inspire and help other women. Yes. I think the realness of that is going to be helpful because it's not all roses. <laughs> right. It's a lot of work. <laughs> and I've heard that many times. It's a lot of work. It's You said getting up at 4 a.m. But if you want it bad enough, if you have a really deep why, all of those things you, you've given us today, look how successful you could be, right? <laughs> look at Dory. <laughs> and you've, you've won some amazing awards. So I would love for you to share where people can find you you share where they can read. I read some amazing things about you and your podcast. So share. Sure. So two websites to check out, uh, franchisingspot.com and sheturnedentrepreneur.com. And then uh, I'm on all the socials under the same names. Thank you for sharing your story. I hope that it has inspired people listening today. I'm sure it has. And I loved spending time with you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Thank you so much for listening and spending time with me today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well. If you haven't done so, I would love it if you could give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to me and it would help get the word out for the podcast. I will look forward to next week. Seeing you here, same time, same place. Have a great week.